What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. (laughs) Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. Booyah! Welcome back to the A's for Alcoholic podcast, where we deal with recovery, alcoholism, um, daily life in a very strange time. Dealing with an invisible disease that's out to get us. Yo, for <laughs> real, dude. I don't, oh yeah. I did a Zoom meeting the other morning. How was it? I have not been on one. It was like the fucking the squares of the Brady Bunch, but it was all like, it was all mostly women, like older women and then me and two other guys. And I actually ran into somebody I know who was like, what's up, Jerry? In the little chat window on the side. And so I'm like, hey, and they're like, good to see you. And I'm like, good to see you too. I enjoyed it. I shared and everything. It was weird. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't really share about alcoholism. I'm just like, yo, I've been stuck in my house now for a week and I'm not going mm-hmm. crazy. I'm all right. And I feel like, well, I guess I did talk about alcoholism, but because the program helped me out a lot. It's been helping me out during this time of quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. Or stay at home, I'm, whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. A shelter in place. Yeah. Ours is stay at home, say live, save lives. That's Stay at Oregon. home, save lives. That's what Oregon's calling it, yeah. I think uh, our governor was just like, get the fuck inside. I mean, yeah. This is shelter in place, but like, do not leave your house. And so um, I went out yesterday, and it seemed all pretty normal out there, right? I went to the store. I wore gloves. Um, I probably should have one of my little, like, dust cover, like, running masks, masks or whatever. It's called a buff. Where you kind right. of supposed to wrap your face I around, so I might grab that. Yeah, I have some from when we did the the, the marathon, but um, but yeah, everyone seemed kind of normal out there. Like everyone's just kind of staying away from each other, and yeah. So I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying you should go out there because it's normal. I'm just like I was out for 20 minutes, got some groceries, and came home. And yeah, you know, like you were saying before, I don't really mind it too much. I mean, I guess I'm kind of used to staying at home and just doing my own thing and reading books and playing games and um, working on art. I saw you did like a dog. Who was that dog picture? Um, it was a bulldog? I've been working on it for the past few days, like on and off. It's a portrait of my uh, boss. She had to die within a month of each other. And uh, yeah, it's a portrait of those two guys. She like hit me up and was like, well, you do this portrait of me. And she asked me like a month ago and I'm really lazy with commission work. So I'm like, yeah, I'll get to it, whatever. <laughs> and then this quarantine came around. I'm like, fuck it, let's do it. You know, like I've got nothing but time. I can only play the division two for so long before I can start mm-hmm. getting like start feeling useless, you know? 
right? Yeah. <clears throat> What's your longest um like video game mm. uh sit? It's been a while, but I sat for like 11 hours one day, about maybe 12, nice. playing uh, okay. Fallout 4 by myself, <clears throat> by myself, dude. Not even story with mode. other people online, just stare, story. I got so involved in the story. But there have been times where I played Overwatch with those guys for like five hours. Okay. You know, or, or like this Div- Division 2 yesterday, I think I played like three hours, maybe four hours of those. Maybe it was about three and a half hours, and I was like, I got to make dinner, man. I want to keep <laughs> leveling up, but I got to we'll kill these terrorists later so right yeah yeah i've been um i've been trying to i've been so i got uh red dead redemption 2 it was Mm -hmm. one of the things i got myself for my birthday before Mm -hmm. uh right around the time this before this became as serious as it is now you know at least what we're having to do and um i've been playing it a little bit and it's i'm i think the thing that i enjoy more i love the game mechanics and i love the story and stuff like that i think i just like the fast-paced action of grand theft auto more than i like the the slow-paced horses and the pensive (laughs) the pensive story driven yeah yeah i hear you i hear you but i'm racing lakota you right You know um, he's got a mic. He acts like he doesn't. I played him before, and he's like, "No mic," and I'm like, "Bullshit," because I just did a whole podcast with you, and you had a right? mic. Right? No mic. Yeah. He just doesn't want to talk to you. He doesn't want to talk to me. I don't mind. Um, but uh, what else is going on? So yeah, we're all stuck in the house. I think uh, you know, one of the things I learned yesterday, too, and we will get to the letter. I swear. Um, yeah. That we're working on today is. I was kind of sitting around and I was reading too much news. I don't know if you do that as well or if you're kind of trying to stay away from it, but I'm, I'm not dying. getting anything yes. to do. Yeah, I've watched uh-huh. a lot of news. So it was like bad news and bad news and bad news and bad news, right? And so there's plenty of bad news. There's no shortage. I have this little box that could just fill my day with bad news if I let it. And I kind of did, and I was feeling shitty and lamenting things. And then I was I was listening to this, and I highly suggest this and. Um, it's called the PMA, Positive Mental Attitude, and it's that I did I tell you about this, John Joseph, Promags, Promags, yeah. Right. So we talked about this. So I put that on because I was like, I need a fucking break. I need to hear something good. And um, he was talking about like negative mindset, and he was talking about his negative thoughts coming up. And his name is John as well. And he's like, Ah, John, fuck your workout, fuck your writing, you know, like. Mm-hmm. And I was like. No, man, I'm not going to do that. And I still had about an hour of sunlight and it was it wasn't warm outside. I mean, it's warmer than where you're at. But I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to lace up and go. I'm not going to like I'm not really going to worry about stretching because I did some stuff in the morning and I just went out and it like totally changed my attitude. Mm -hmm. So I don't know about you, but I highly suggest to anybody out there. Like, if there's any kind of exercise movement, anything that you can do, I swear to God, it works. It does. As soon as we're going to get, as soon as we're done here. Um, And then what was up with the... What's that? Oh, with the push-ups? I saw you doing some fucking clap. I don't know. Somebody somebody that you follow on Instagram that I don't know who they are is at Harry and Scary. I'm not sure Uh who that is. But it's somebody that we follow on Instagram who I believe might be one of us he just like hit me up they were doing challenges like on facebook where they're what color is your bra or whatever they were doing you know but now they're doing it on instagram because people are just hanging around 
And so this dude was like, yo, Jerry, he like tagged a bunch of people when he was doing 10 clapping pushups. And I ignored it because I was like, I already worked out. I don't want to do 10 clapping pushups. My form is awful. And then he sent me a message. He's like, where are my clappers at? I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> so I had to record it twice because the first time I, it just was struggling. I looked so crap. And so I had to, I ended up doing 20 clapping pushups on top of like an hour workout that day. Wow. So yeah, I was like, bam, and I wasn't gonna tag anybody else because I'm like, I'm not gonna make every everybody work out like. Mm-hmm. But then, but I thought it was it passed time and it made me laugh and it's the way we occupy ourselves because we're fucking. If you're following what is, if you're following the rules, and I, it's so weird for me to say that because it runs completely opposite of who I am as a person, like following rules. Right. But if you're following rules. You're sitting around. So it's always good to occupy yourselves. I don't feel <clears> cynical <throat> about these games, these little Instagram games. I mean, I might do them, I might not, but it's one of those things where I'm like, look, I'm not going to be too cool for fucking trying to reach out to another human being, you know? Like, you want to be cynical and too cool? That's fine. Enjoy it. Like, enjoy your cynicism. Maybe that feels really good. Yeah. Maybe that's, maybe that feels like a drug and you get high off of it, like nicotine. <laughs> <clears throat> maybe so yeah so that's that's good so finding routine is good i think so that was our that's our letter n is for nicotine and you know other vices in sobriety um i know that nicotine is a big one right it still is regardless of of whatever the smoking laws are in your state which i think most of them are pretty strong and stringent i don't think there are very few places certainly not i remember briefly in 2005 in seattle when you could smoke inside or maybe no it was like three four yes. so there was like a couple years um but it was like 2005 because i was smoking with you in seattle in the bars mm-hmm. and i remember riding the train back with this guy talking about how they're getting rid of all they're doing the smoking ban and he's like I love it. I, I go to bars and I don't want to smell like cigarettes. And I remember being super offended at him, being like, fuck <laughs> you, stay out of the bar, you goddamn beginner. But it's the same mm-hmm. amateur hour. Like, go right. to your little dance club. Don't sit in my gross bar where I'm trying to kill myself. Good, good <laughs> Lord. I remember being really offended. I, I didn't, I don't know if I expressed that in that way, but I was just like, well, I heartily disagree, sir, you know. But uh, yeah, I smoke so much. Yeah. I remember thinking like, man, you can't take this away. This is our sanctuary of sin. This is the only place we get to go to do bad things. And like this was I was trying to be, I don't know, poetic and proud and whatever about it. And I just cannot. It's but just it's ridiculous. Such a cornball. Yeah. Uh-huh. My sanctuary so of sin. That's what My I used to say. Church. Oh, yeah. No, I know. I used to say that <laughs> shit, too. It's our neon, our church of neon lights, you know, when it's like mm-hmm. a fucking advertising line in Google or something. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Um, but in sobriety, uh, cigarettes and, you know, they talk about meetings and stuff like that back in the day when it would be what, like smoke filled basements and right. everybody. One of the jobs and... is to empty out ashtrays, you know, right. back in the day. So that's not really a thing anymore. Um, really. in too many places that I know of in my maybe, experience, maybe Alaska, Texas, maybe, <laughs> But I know that cigarettes and smoking is a way of alleviating stress for some people. Absolutely. I know it yeah. was for me. I mean, I've been smoke free for however many years, and I, um, but it's it was always something where it's like, oh man, if I can just have this smoke, I'll be fine. Yeah. And one of the other things I've heard in early recovery 
in sobriety was, you know, don't quit all the things all at once. Yeah. Because easy does it, right? <laughs> easy does it. Because, you know, it's you, you go like, you know what? Feel like, all right, sometimes, sometimes feel like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get rid of all this stuff. I'm going to quit all these things. And then you end up like just relapsing on everything. Yeah. And so, I mean, when I quit drinking in July of 2015, so that was July, August, September, October. So it was like three and a half months or something. October 1st, 2015 was the first day that I didn't smoke and mm -hmm. I quit smoking. Um, like straight up cold turkey. I don't really know exactly how I did it. I mean, but Wait, what um, year was it? I'm sorry. What year? 2015. 15. Oh, so oh, so you were sober, yeah. Mhm. Mm mm -hmm. Um, but so when I did it, it was first. It was kind of like a bet. You know, Walter and I were like, yeah, let's see, if we can quit smoking. Because I remember one of the things I would do in early sobriety was I would go for long drives. I would just mm -hmm. go driving because I felt like if I can just be if I can go out and drive for like four hours, like I would just go up and down the coast or go through drive through California mm -hmm. and um, I would smoke cigarettes. I would chain smoke cigarettes and I would drive because at least that way I couldn't drink. Yeah, because I was always, you know, it's like if I'm in the car, I won't drink and I'll just drive and I'll smoke and I'll drive and I'll smoke. But I would also start to get fucking serious chest pains. Right. And I knew I knew it. I knew what it was. I had mm -hmm. there was no I had no um, delusion about what it was. And I was like, fuck, I just need these chest pains to go away and then I can smoke again. Like, that's insane. That's I mean, that's just alcohol, my alcoholic thinking. But so, I mean, cigarettes yeah. were really, were really important to me in early sobriety, like in those first few months before we decided to take that break. Um, and you know, it was hard. Like I, the way that I, I mean, Alan Carr, I don't know if you're familiar with him. Name sounds familiar. He's a big proponent of anti-smoking and he talks about, you know, how to work your brain and it's all about habits and cues and rewards and stuff like that. If you're interested, if anyone's interested, check out Alan Carr. Um, I'm not here to tell anybody not to smoke. Like I'm just telling you wh how I did what I did. Um, but I would just kind of imagine like the cigarette would have two little synapses right in my brain. And if I smoked, they would touch. But mm -hmm. if I didn't smoke this one cigarette and I just let this one cigarette go, the synapses would get a little bit further apart. Yeah. And then if I let the next one go, they get a little bit further apart until they mm -hmm. couldn't even touch each other. Yeah. And then I finally like lost the, the urge. Um, but that being said, um, it was crucial to have something I needed a crutch to not drink yeah. in those first months. So um, I don't know about you. Um, were you smoking cigarettes or were you, yeah. had you done, or were you done with that? Okay. So no, you were no, still on. I smoked like 18 months into recovery, probably a little longer. I, I, um, I was vaping on and off though, while I was still drinking, like I had quit when I was drinking still near, near my bottom. And so I started vaping and then the, battery on the thing I had died and I was like spent my vape money on booze so I was like well back to smoking cigarettes again and then I got sober and then I kept I just smoked I drank so many red oh fucking rock stars man I would drink mm -hmm. two of those tall cans of rock star every day it was like 500 milligrams of caffeine in early recovery and I smoked I smoked like a pack and a half a day and uh it it, it wasn't I wasn't getting chest but I couldn't have without getting hit. Or like I went, I remember when I needed to quit 
smoking cigarettes is when I, I remember Olive was probably, God, I don't know, like three or four. She must have been four. And I bent over to pick her up to put her on my hip and like almost fainted when I stood back up holding her. And I was like, whoa, you know, like I got really swimmy. And so I was like, dang, it's these fucking cigarettes. So I quit smoking and I got back on the vape again. Mm-hmm. And, and then started stepping down the nicotine from the vape and i'm still vaping now i mean i've been cigarette free for about five years but i'm still mm-hmm. vaping i'm still vaping but mm-hmm. it's just and i've been stuck at the same uh milligram because they usually start you off at 12 milligrams of nicotine which is you know you vape a pot of that and that's about more or less uh no it's about a bottle is like more or less a pack of cigarettes maybe a little more depending on how much you vape but now I'm down to three milligrams. I went down to 1.5, and at one point I went down to zero. When I went down to zero, I just jumped on that vape all day. You know what I mean? Like a monkey, like just trying <laughs> to get the nicotine out of it. And there was no nicotine to be had. So for me, it was the opposite. I found I vaped more when I had less nicotine instead of vaping less, you know? So I went back up to three again. I think I smoked like a, I think in the five years I've quit, I've smoked maybe two cigarettes. And they were gross. They were yeah. so gross. Yeah. That being said, there is a part of me, the addict in me that still misses smoking. It's you don't put these things down, you know, like you don't. It's just like with alcohol. There is this lonesome part of me every once in a while that comes up that misses all the ambiance around it and all the the, the everything that has to do with it. You know? The Zippo lighter and the cigarette case, Zippo maybe collection. even. Yeah, I've got a whole put it in your breast pocket. And- yeah. I have a row of Zippos still. We I display them now because I'm like, dang, I spent all this money on like 10 Zippo lighters because I would get drunk and lose a Zippo and then buy a new one and then find the old one in a jack pocket, you know. But uh, <laughs> I just, I, I'm part of me misses it. Like when if I'm outside and someone lights just lights a cigarette, that smells good to me. But then the rest of it's gross. Like after that first two drags, I'm like, oh, you smell it's like uh, that's too much. But mm-hmm. when anybody for their addiction do you know what i mean like i hate it when no. people did that to me it fucking pissed me off well that's gonna kill you don't you know that i'm like yeah i fucking know that dude like mm-hmm. i'm aware it's not like i emerged from a cave yeah you yeah. know even before even before social distancing um was a thing barely two weeks ago yeah um i and i don't want to shame anyone either because I was an avid smoker. I was a very, I was a big proponent of it for a very long time. Uh-huh. But even these, like these days, I would see somebody smoking and I don't want to shame you, but if I'm going out for a run or even if I'm just going out for a walk, <clears throat> I'm sorry, but I'm not walking through your smoke. I'm going to go to the other side of the street. And you can, you can take that however you want, but I'm just not interested in being around it. You right. know what I mean? It's fucking gross to me now. And I, again, I, I, that's fine. I don't, I get it. Like it's a bitch and it's a hard yeah. thing to let go of. Um, but I just, I'm not interested anymore. Right. So, I mean, I mean, what is it? What is the alternative to, to walk through somebody's secondhand smoke just yeah. to make them feel better? I do. See, we're, we're on you opposite do? paths. Fuck yeah. I like take them all free. Yeah. Free cigarette. Yeah. No, I, I'm not even joking. Like I walk right through it. It doesn't bother me. I mean, it doesn't bother me like it does other people. And you have every right to do that. I mean, it's yeah. really funny because we are presenting two in a way we're coming from two different sides of it where I'm like, eh, you know, don't smoke in my house. Don't, if you're going to be in the tattoo shop and it's raining, don't fucking bring your wet cigarette butt into the shop in your pocket. Cause a lot of people would smoke half a cigarette and stick it yeah. in their pocket. Yes. 
and there's the water that smokes stick to you, you know? Like, I just don't want to smell that. It's more on people's clothes and on their hands and shit. It bothers me more than, like, me being out in the world, I walk through the cloud of smoke, and I'm like, eh, it is what it is. I walk through worse every day. But it's our perspectives. It's what is acceptable to you. It may be unacceptable, pardon me, maybe unacceptable to me. It's just, it's all perception. And I know you personally. I know you were, you're not crossing the street to make a big show of it or to be rude and be like, oh. ugh. How dare you? You know, you're just like, man, I don't want to walk through that. Sorry. You're probably a very nice person. I just don't want to walk through that. Whereas yeah. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Like, it doesn't, mm -hmm. you know, I just don't. Actually, I'm con I don't even think of it. I just walk right through it. Like, because mm. I'm in downtown Eugene, Oregon every day. People chain smoke in front of the shop. I mean, there's all kinds. There's yeah. huge, huge smoking population. And I just, I'm just around it. So to me, yeah. it's not the anomaly right now. It's still the norm. What was the anomaly was watching people and become the normal. You have some dude in a juggalo shirt and giant bondage pants just ripping off of a car battery. You know, just, you know what I mean? Like that shit has become way more normal. They're just like Mountain Dew and Dorito flavor. You should you write know? that one down, Jerry. That, that yeah. needs to go in your next rhyme. Yeah. Um, that's good. That's a, I love that image. Ripping yeah. on a car battery. Well, that's what it looks like. You know, they're out there like, you know, but that being said like to any of our listeners who smoke take your time do what you gotta do you know just realize if you can if you can get over fucking alcohol and you've got a little bit of time under your belt you could probably get under over cigarettes too uh, but then it's coming from me who's still addicted to nicotine so i'm a giant a hypocrite i guess because <clears throat> you're not a hypocrite i mean it's not well let's 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 be clear about something with right. you okay I'm, I'm just gonna ask you i'm not talking to anybody else you smoke you vape so you ingest nicotine, which mm -hmm. you know is, I mean, how do you, like, logically speaking, it's its not good for you. No, it's really bad for your, well, it's it elevates your uh, your heart rate. So it, fuck, it fucks with your, your heart rate, definitely, yeah. Okay, so so then then the, my conversation with you is over. Like I'm not I'm not interested in judging you. I'm not interested right. in making you feel bad. But like right. just so that we're all on the same page, we know it's not good. So the assumption yes. is that one day you would like to be smoke free. So I assume that everybody who's smoking mm -hmm. in on some deeper level would rather not be. Some some don't. I some. mean some just have accepted <clears throat> it and and they're like this is what I do now and this is my jam and. This is my liberty to do so, and I, you know, like once again, I, I applaud it. I wouldn't necessarily encourage it, but it is your right to do those things. It's, yeah, it's it's all like this is the way I try to think about it too. And I, I had a moment the other day where like I've been using these smaller kind of vapes. It's like they're like little pods almost. Mm -hmm. It's like a little pod. It's just like a tiny pack of cigarettes now. And, uh, the bat, <clears throat> the what it's like a pod pod you click into a battery, and then that battery will you know, heat up the element or whatever. And the battery broke. And this was the day before, like, I stopped leaving, a couple days before I stopped leaving the house. And I had, like, a panicked moment where, like, the battery broke. And I was like, fuck, I'm not, I'm going to be stuck in this house and not be able to vape because I have no other device. So I had to, like, run down to the store to buy another unit. But the only unit they had was, like, it was the full unit with everything. So it was, like, mm. it was like eight, it was, like, $80. And I was like, damn, I don't want to spend that. But I did. Absolutely, I did. And I drove home and I had that feeling in my gut like when I I thought the fifth of whiskey was only going to cost me $13 and it costed me 20 And I had spent the 20 Do you know what I mean? Like I had the same that. feeling. Yeah. I sat with it in the car and I'm just like, 
I spent way more than I wanted to spend, but I needed it. Like that part of my brain, that monkey, it's still telling me I needed it. Mm-hmm. And it made me feel, in that moment, it made me bad until I got home and, you know, packed it all up and started vaping. Then I felt great again. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a whole part yes, of the I fucking do. process. So, but the thing is, I'm at this position now where I can recognize that. And I can say, that's your addict right there. And your addict is really talking to you hard. And, you know, you need to be wary of that shit. Now, will it make me drink again? I don't, I doubt it. But, you know, I, it's a strange thing, right? Because I, I, I process it like, do I want to be slave to this? But then the justification in my brain is you're a slave to a lot of other things that you don't want to be a slave to either. And you still continue to do it, whether you can help it or not. Is this a thing I can help? Yeah, probably. Is it something I'm willing to take handle right now? No. Mm. And therein lies the the answer. I mean, if you're right. not if you're not right. willing, Absolutely. right, right. So right. you the only reason you quit drinking is because you were uh, I was willing. ultimately willing. Yeah, I had a willing desire to, quit. to stop drinking. Right. right. Yeah. So and how are you gonna make sobriety stick to someone who doesn't want to quit? Exactly. Yeah. You know. So the same thing, like you, and that's a great justification you're like well i'm addicted to caffeine i'm addicted to sugar i'm addicted to uh uh, fucking corn chips whatever it is right and so donuts and um it's it's easier to be like well fuck it i guess i'll just pile another one on top it doesn't matter anyway which again is 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 very it's self-defeating and that's another Mm -hmm. thing that i'm learning is that to recognize those things and go well wait a second just because you've got a pile of shit in your lap doesn't mean you should actively put more on top of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should you should be trying. I need to be trying to get some of the shit off of my lap right. little by little. Even right. if even if I keep putting more on every day, I should be trying to get some of it off every day as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, <clears throat> so and um with cigarettes for me one of the other things that I learned was that, and this this goes, I think, for most habits. Uh, this cigarettes are just fucking a particular kind of evil hook in in you because of their addictive quality. But it doesn't. I always used to think it would calm my nerves. I always used mm-hmm. to think it would make me relax. I always used to think that it that's what took the edge off. The problem is that. For me, the nicotine was the thing, or the nicotine addiction was the thing that caused the edge, which caused the nerves, which caused me to be high strung. And so it would, it was that, that it was that part in me that was addicted to it that would say, hey man, we need a cigarette, we need a cigarette, we need a cigarette. And then the only thing that got calmed was that voice because it elevated, it spiked my my heart rate, it constricted my veins, it did all the bad shit that we all know that this stuff does. Yeah. And the only thing that calmed was that voice, was that little worm that would burrow a hole in my brain, as yeah. Walter used to say. And it's like, I gotta, I gotta stop that worm from digging around. Right. And that was another realization for me that it was like, oh, I'm not actually calming myself i'm just calming that voice i'm just calming that addiction in my right. brain right so You're that was something the worm. that helped yeah i was feeding, <laughs> feeding the worm so that was something that was helpful to me to finally let it go um but i don't i don't ever i would never judge anybody for smoking a cigarette especially in recovery man like Especially if you got to sit, if you're going to one of your first meetings and you're like, I got to sit here for a whole fucking hour without a cigarette. Yeah. Bullshit. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. You know, when it's hard enough on it, on your, on, on its own. Um, but I don't know. I, I just, I, you, you have to want to quit and I, but I, I don't think that there's, I don't think there's anything wrong, especially like, right. If it's between a cigarette and a drink, have a cigarette, smoke them up. Yeah. <laughs> if it's between a donut and a drink, have a donut. Right. Um, and it's not until I begin to put these other habits in place do things begin to change. I was looking at you on on Instagram doing fucking clap push-ups. Like, yeah. I can't really do push-ups, Jerry. I mean, I can do a few. I can do them. Yeah. But they they look really bad, and they're mm-hmm. like, I'm not very strong. But it takes time, though, right? It's just like it running. It takes time. It's just like you couldn't <clears throat> run a fucking block, and now you're jamming out like five miles on the regular. It's just like mm-hmm. with the push-ups, you know? Right. But even me, I like ended up doing 20. Like I was telling you before we started the podcast, or no, we were talking yeah. about this during the podcast. But yeah, I ended up doing 20. I filmed it wrong and it looked bad. But that's just part of my routine now. Like when I work out in the morning, I do 40 push-ups. I just space Damn. them out. Yeah, but I space them out. Like I, you know, and even with benching, like I don't, I bench like little dumbbells, but then they're, they're like 15 pounds a piece, but I do like, I think almost 50, like, but I space them out, you know, it all takes time. You just learn how to do it. And I'm not the push-up master. I fucking hate push-ups. I hate them with all my heart, but I still do them because I feel better after I do it, you know, mm-hmm. I do. It's, it's always turns into our fitness podcast, you know, but, <laughs> but it's just this weird natural progression for guy for, for me and you, like, it was just this weird progression. It was like, we needed something else to make us feel good and life parts of life were making us feel good. But I feel like as alcoholics, we also need to control things and take an active measure to make things feel good. Mm-hmm. You can't just forget or at least me personally let it happen. I need to seize it and like get as much of it as I can. So to me, it was like first it was working out and then you started running and I was like, oh, I'm going to check that out. And then it was running. And to be honest with you, the running actually is a mm-hmm. way faster track. It's like freebasing those endorphins like the workout i'll get a little high afterwards but man if i run enough like i yeah. get, i feel it it's like smoking a rock you know like a, but a rock of endorphins yeah i'm I like bam you know it hit me in line at safeway while i was getting smoothie shit and then i'm like whoa wow yeah, yeah smiling at everybody what the fuck am i smiling for you know mm-hmm. But, I uh, think that's funny that the, that's your metaphor. That's your analogy. It's like it's like freebasing fucking endorphins, but it's true. It is, but the running is. But the the workout's more of a slow burn. But mm-hmm. but at the, it's it's just I think where we're at now, a lot of people are gonna be people are gonna be smoking a lot more because we got nothing but time. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, what well, better one to smoke? What was what was your brand? I remember your. So I had a few different brands. But I remember when, the. the yeah, go ahead. When I when I very first started, like mm-hmm. as far as I as far back as I can remember, um, and I think like maybe around Eugene, because there was a little bit of smoking in high school, but not much. Um, was uh, Old Golds? I yeah. used to smoke Old Golds. That's the brand I remember you smoking. Uh huh. And then somebody introduced me to the Parliament Light 
yeah. because they had the recessed filter, so it was the opposite. Old golds were like thick and harsh, and then yeah. I was like, but these are kind of cool, and I like the pack, and mm -hmm. what's this recessed filter? And they're like, that's where you can put a little cocaine, and ah, you know? <laughs> just do a bump out of your cigarette. That's so weird. But yeah, that, I've heard that same rumor, that, like you can put a little coke in the parliament, and I'm like, why don't you just put it on your hand? Yeah. Like, why would you do a bump out of the cigarette? Stick but your, I, I get cigarette in your nose. Cause you're gross. I don't know. Nose, right? Like you're, you're gross. Like, like you're in a club and you want to do a bump like clandestinely, but you're just mm -hmm. are sticking your cigarette in your nose in front of everybody, and they're like, "Oh, you're doing a bump out of that Parliament, huh?" Yeah. I remember you smoking Parliaments and old golds. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, but I think I got turned on to menthols through you. Yes. Um, uh, and. I, I don't know. I was never like hardcore partial. Like I would end up smoking camels for a while. I never yeah. really smoked Marlboros, but there was the camel um, when they came out with the crushes, right? Yeah. And I remember, I think you had the crushes and I was like, what's this crush? And you're like, well, it's a regular cigarette. And then you pop the BB and then you get a little menthol hit. Yeah. A little menthol. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause that's how I started smoking was my mom smoked cools. And they had a little penguin on the pack back in the 70s and 80s. And my mom would keep her cigarettes in the freezer. Mm -hmm. And so I would steal them out of the freezer and smoke them at like 14. And then I really started smoking when I was 16. At 14, I'd just roll up on a dirt bike like Coda, like just puffing <laughs> on the smoke. You know, that's how I always imagined Coda at 14. Just, you know what I mean? With like a mullet smoking in Marlboro, you know? So what just, up, nerds? What up, you fucking nerds? <laughs> just fart in his hand and mm -hmm. stick it into your nose you know mm -hmm. but uh yeah so yeah it was cool and then i moved out of the house and i was smoking the generic the gpcs and then gpc menthols and then newports and then cools again it was always menthol oh i smoked camels for a while too just straight mm -hmm. straight camels during the swing era we were all smoking Everybody filterless camels yeah filterless camels it's just so funny that these brands we like associate we like connected these brands it's just like with alcohol like i remember when you drank your preferred brand usually was tito's yes right you drank mm -hmm. a lot of tito's vodka because it tasted good and it was like relatively mid-priced you know it was mid-priced but it still had a little cachet <laughs> yeah because it was like you know i'm a bartender i know the quality mm -hmm. whereas mine was like evan williams and evan williams was just cheap it was just cheap jim beam I love Jim Beam, but Evan Williams is cheaper, so I would buy mm -hmm. that. It's But we attach ourselves to this brand, and it's, like, the same with cigarettes. Yeah, you know, like, American Spirits taste different than a pack of camels, but how much different at the end of the day, you know? Yeah, it's just, it's just identity. Identity, right? And our alcoholism and our addiction is really rooted in our identity. Even Even now, you and I have identities now. We have different identities, you know? I'm like, yeah. I, am I personal life like when i'm out in the world tattooing or i'm out in the world walking around i'm not really big on the recovery identity i'm i, I was in the beginning in early recovery i was like i i worm it in every conversation i had hey have you heard i don't drink anymore you know <laughs> right. and I'll, I, I'll wear a little necklace that has like a little aa medallion on it or like i keep my now i'm starting to act now i'm starting to sell like my identity all around it but i keep like my 24-hour chip on my keychain but that's because it reminds me. I like to have it on me, you know. But mm -hmm. but anyway, like I'm not like blowing it from the rooftops. I talk about recovery more here than I do. I do with my wife. But out in the world, it comes up, you know. But it's not – I don't have a T-shirt that's just like ask me about my crippling alcoholism, you know. <laughs> Maybe I should get one, though. Maybe you should. Identities, though, you know. Well, yeah, and it's – 
my identity now it's it's hard for me it's still hard for me to go oh well i'm a runner and i hear that i say that right and i hear myself say it and i don't always 100% believe it cuz there's still a part of my brain that's like no you're not man don't 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 play it up don't right. don't be a don't be a showboat you're still a fucking you know drunk and you're still this and you're still that and i'm like but the truth is if you do something every day, that's what you become. That's, you know, at right. least for me. Like, so right. if I do it every day, that's what I become. And so it's not about, like, medals or anything. It's about what do you do every single day. Right. So that, there's right. nothing wrong with that. Right. What you do and your identity are very, well, they're hand in hand, right? So here's the thing I've had with my life, especially as I get older, is with my identity is that, oh, come on now. So, sorry, my phone was buzzing because all the kids are out of school, so they're all FaceTiming each other. So my nephew will FaceTime my daughter like mm-hmm. six <laughs> times a day, and it makes my my watch buzz. But anyway, I tattoo for a living, right? And mm-hmm. people think that's the core of my identity. But as I, the longer I've been tattooing, the less it is about my identity, and it's more my, it's more my, my profession. Right. When I first started tattooing, I was like, that was who I was. I'm Jerry and I tattoo. I'm a tattooer. That's what I do. That's who I am. And now as I get older, that's what I do. You know, that's it's even the, a lot of the guys I work with, they're all about it. It's like their love. I, almost everybody I work with is their love. You know, it's mm-hmm. who they are. It's who you are as a person. And that's that's great. I love them for it. But for me, that's not I don't have fun painting tattoo flash. Like during this whole quarantine, like I'm not painting any tattoo flash because it's not fun to me. That's work. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Now work is fun, but doing work at home for me is not fun. And I feel like the idea that since you do something you're supposed to love, it's supposed to be fun to you all the fucking time. That's all you're supposed to think about. And I've really resented that for a long time, you know, especially working with them because they're just like, why don't you, if you cared about tattooing more, but anyway, that's a whole side subject there, but, well, but it's, it no. ties in with identity, you know? Yes. Yeah. I think, I think it's important. So again, not to say there's a difference between profession and, and who you are and what you do for a living. Right. So I'm talking about the things that but you they do. Tie up, though. Yeah. But the things that you do, um, outside of your profession, that's who you are. The things that you love to do, the things that you're not asked to do, the things that you're not forced right. to do, the right. things that you are compelled to do that you're excited to do, right? So if that's mm-hmm. if that's drawing, if that's doing art, right. then you are an artist. And I mean, yeah. I don't know if yeah. you, I don't know if you ever had more of an issue, or I don't know if you've ever had an issue saying like I'm an artist and being no. comfortable in that. None at all. You've always, I, you've always loved I'll, that. Yeah, I flung that around the room. I was like, hello, everyone. I'm an artist. I'm a free thinker. Whereas with tattooing, as I get older, I'm like, I just, I paint and I tattoo for a living. But I know people whose identities are so tied up, the same with recovery. Their identities become so tied up into it that it's it's hard for them to make any lateral move. They can only move in this one direction. That's all you mm-hmm. do, you know? And, and that being said, it's it's not necessarily unhealthy. I imagine it must be taxing. Like imagine those people who are so tied up into recovery, it becomes every instance of their life because before that, every every part of their life was addiction, an active addiction. Mm-hmm. So I see it. I see the tie there. But at the same point, I feel like it's healthy to have something else. You know, I you can't too. just be the focus of one thing because it's not like you're going to make some giant breakthrough recovery 
because you make four meetings a day, seven days a week. You know what I mean? You may make one for you, but for the greater good, you know, and I guess that's weird too, because I don't think maybe we should necessarily, our drive shouldn't, I, it's not like my drive is for the greater good of mankind. You know, my drive is more for the greater good of my family and the people around me and my friends. Like, mm -hmm. and I gestured towards John. So you people on the podcast know <laughs> that John is still my friend. Yes. And uh, it's just, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I think that you it's know. important to me that there's more to my identity than just my recovery. Right. Right. It's I an think aspect. it's, it's yeah. a huge aspect because everything else, um, everything else currently has been rooted in that only because I wouldn't have all of the things, the time, the energy, the effort, the creations, the relationships, the friendships, all the love and the life that I have were it not for that decision and that right. working on that. So it's important. And I, I, I would, I, I can't imagine any other way of living now. I mean, actually that's not true. I can, and I don't ever want to go back to that. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. so when I meet somebody who's super excited about recovery, I try to be polite, but I, but I'm with you is in that, like, I'm always curious about what else is going on or, or, you know, who else they are, because I feel like that, that there's, there's more to people than this. And I think that that's, I think maybe that's something that some people get afraid of is, well, if I go into the rooms or if I decide to live this kind of lifestyle, this is all I'm going to be. Right. And I don't, I won't have anything else. Mm -hmm. And I found that to not be the case at all. Even though I'm sitting here doing a podcast about it, recovery. It, it is the, <clears throat> it is like the biggest cliche in the normies fucking tool toolboxes oh you're just trading one addiction for another they mm -hmm. like love that right and now here i am separating me from them because i've been quarantined in my house and i'm going crazy but <laughs> and i'm not really but it seems to be the biggest tool that seems to be like the biggest cliche in some people's toolboxes is like well aren't you just trading one addiction for another and i'm like yeah dude but when i go to an aa meeting i don't come home and scream in my fucking wife's face do you know what i mean like i don't crash my <laughs> fucking car Yes. Yeah. I haven't been to an AA meeting and really contemplating, you know, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, well, this is kind of a good, a good uh, addiction though. Like, I don't know. It's maybe this is my resentment hour, but I just, that's the other one too, is when, <laughs> oh, you're trading one for another. And even though I meet really gung-ho thumpers or gung-ho recovery thumpers, I like, I'm, I kind of do what you do with cigarettes. I just cross the street. I'm just yeah. like, yeah, keep your cloud over there, you know? Yeah. Well, and I, I, um, I understand, I guess I can appreciate the intention because they want to help people want to help other people. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I think, I think that that's a positive thing. I just know that for myself, I can't, I have to have other things. I've always had other interests. I've always had other desires. I've always had other um, dreams in life that I've wanted, things I've wanted to accomplish or do right. or create. Right. I mean, so here, let me, I'll give you a fucking example. I mean, my, a lot of my life is, we talked about this a couple episodes or whatever dichotomy about being a bartender. And um, I do a lot of stuff. I have another partner I do artwork with, and a lot of it is bar related. It's liquor related. Yeah. It's, it's well, all this stuff. He's and still so, a bartender, isn't he? He's still a bartender. Um, and uh, so we do all this, all this artwork. And so 
a part of me feels like, oh no, can I do both? Can I have a podcast about recovery and help create comics about working in a bar? Yeah. And I mean, I guess you can, cause I did it. And that's just been my life experience. That's not like, oh, well, I got to make sure I only do one or the other. If I did that, I wouldn't be happy. I wouldn't be happy in recovery if I felt like it was hindering me from something else. So I think that it's important to, I think it's important for me to have a strong basis of recovery and have a good program and work that program and have it there so that when I feel like I'm faltering, I can go back to it and say, hey, this is what you're supposed to do, John. This is These are the rules that you follow now so that you can feel better and feel freer in the other yeah. things that you do. So so I think that that's, it's always, it's a challenge to go back and forth and, and it's a fine line, you know? Uh, and I wouldn't, I just remember somebody telling me, like, I wanted to write this book about A is for Alcoholic. I wanted to write that book that we have been working on. And then I wanted to do this other thing. And it was sort of this, like, quote unquote, you know, art book or cartoon book about bars and doing like maybe a cocktail book or something like that. And somebody said, you can't do both. And I was like, well, why not? And I felt that way for a long time. Like, I can't do both. But that's been my experience. I just happened yeah. to be stuck in the middle of these two fucking things. Like, I didn't. I don't want to say I didn't choose this, but this is just where I found myself. So, yeah, <clears throat> there's a lot of people. No, I've met going through recovery. But anyway, continue. Hmm. Just that just that that I don't think you get to choose what defines you as a human being. Yes. In some ways. And then there are the things you can't help, like. I am a recovering alcoholic and I couldn't help that I'm an alcoholic. But then once again, the argument, and I hate using the term normie. I can't think of mm -hmm. any other way, but the norm argument is like, yeah, but you chose to take that first drink. And I'm like, come on now, we're going to hinge it all on that one fucking drink. Mm -hmm. That's like, that's like, that's like you ate, you decided to eat a piece of bread and now you're fucking hooked on bread. Do you know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. alcohol in of itself is inert. I say it all the time. It's innocuous that one beer, depending on the size, is not going to make or break most people. But one beer, depending on the size, will make or break a person like me. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I, I chose to take that first drink, but I didn't, you know, once, you know, you know what I'm saying. Once we're off to the races, that's out of hand, you know. <laughs> so it's, it's always like, well, it's a self-imposed disease. And I'm like, you definitely... It is, but you could say the same for lung cancer if you didn't start smoking or you didn't go outside and breathe in fumes from cars. And Sure. I don't know. So but there the, are things the, that are absolutely our choice and things that are, are not our choice. And, sure. Know. But the program that you that – you, whether or not – so you, you decide you're, you're an alcoholic and you work right. a program. It allows you the freedom to do all this other shit. So, so what? So let that be the one thing that I'm pigeonholed in self-imposed. Self exactly. exactly. Okay. Fuck yeah. it, whatever. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, everything else is can be a choice then, because mm -hmm. I didn't have any choice when I was drinking. It was you just did a drink it, and right? drink. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, if you were born with, well, yeah. Now we're I'm getting into the particulars of it, but yeah, if you were born with like an extra toe or something. Mm-hmm. Like, what if you are? Have you ever met anybody with an extra, extra digit? Toe. Polydactyl, or is that just cats? I have a cat. You have a cat toes. that has extra toes, right? Yeah, she's got a shitload of toes. Does it does it ever bother her? Nah, she's just generally kind of a dick, though. So maybe it's the toes. <laughs> I don't know. 
Is she? I think it's just a cat thing. Oh man, she bit me so hard this morning. I was like, you <laughs> fucking bitch at like seven in the morning. She like I goes up by six thirty because I just wake up normally and she crawls mm-hmm. up in my chest and I'm being affectionate. I'm like petting her, waking up. And for some reason she just bit the shit out of my left hand, like hard. She'll <laughs> bite at me and I'll like whip my hand out of the way and you can hear her teeth click together. And yeah. I was like, yeah, and it's seven, about seven in the morning. I was just like, Jesus. fucking bitch, like under my breath. And I like pushed her off of me like, I ain't fucking playing with you, man. Yeah. Yeah. I have like an extra nipple. Not not really. Like there's there's a, like a little indentation that doesn't has no, I don't know. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. It's not like an, it doesn't have like an areola. Maybe you got that extra nip. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you don't need an areola to have a good time, dude. Um. So let me ask you this. Let's uh, bring it back to nicotine for a second. Um, although identity is a fascinating thing, and it really, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, you, you do you, Jerry, is what you like to say. Do so you. I mean, that's and that's what I say in the promo. Yeah. I yes. Said that in a while. It's time <laughs> um, to record a new promo. It like, is time. Yeah. Um, nicotine. Do you smoke when you're because you're stressed? Like, what is the what is the impetus, or is it just is it just a natural habit? Not anymore. Now? I mean, now it's just a natural. With the vaping, it's a natural habit. With the cigarette, you had to go through hoops to get there. So, like the stress thing, the it being an alleviator of stress, you had to go outside and light up. Do you know what I mean? There was a whole thing you had to get through to get to the reward of. It. Mm-hmm. And now, well, I guess now I have to go outside of vape in a lot of places too. Now it's like, oh, I'm so stressed. I need to hit this nicotine. But if I don't have the nicotine, I start feeling anxious and stressed. So, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. snaking its tail, you know. Yeah, it's um, it's fucking tricky, man. And like I, mine is more food these days than anything else because it's always mm-hmm. like even, and I've gotten better with replacing it. So like instead of cigarettes, you vape. Instead of peanut m&ms i eat grapes but i'll fuck up a whole big ass bag of grapes and that's like six cups at least that's what i'm telling myself like i'm like okay fuck it i guess you just ate six cups of grapes like that's just but it's good calories though it's good calories it's it's not high in calories it's a lot of calories but at least it's not processed right sugar so that's that's what i tell myself that's my next behavior modification that i need to make Mm -hmm. right right um I guess half a cup of popcorn is not a big. It's a pretty pretty big ass bowl, but it's also like that's like 250 calories for like a half a cup of unpopped popcorn. So oh, there's pop popcorn is really low though. Two cups of popcorn is like 150 calories of popped popcorn. Right. So I but I right. pop it myself these days. Oh. So I do the whole thing where I roll it in the in the. Pot. Oh, so you're saying you measure out the half a cup? You yes. Do it. Yeah, you're so fucking fancy now. <laughs> I'm swear well, it's they cheaper. Keep... It's just cheaper. Texting um, each other drive me nuts. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so I I just think that I mean I would just say. To anyone who has any issues outside of alcohol while they're trying to recover is just take it the fuck easy and enjoy it and be, you know, easy does it, right? Forgive right. yourself. I can't stress it enough, man. Like, it just makes it so much easier when I say it's okay, John. Now, right. not to not to justify things to myself or not to excuse my behavior. <coughs> Bless you. But to Thanks. to make it easier to recover from that behavior. So mm-hmm. 
it's just it's human existence, right? It's just we're gonna we're gonna make mistakes and then we're gonna feel bad for them and and then we're gonna either we can do them again or we can try and learn and change. And so I'm I'm more a fan of learning and changing these days than I am repeating the bad habits, even though I do sometimes repeat bad habits. Yeah. Um, you know, I've really been like hooked on fucking ice cream, right? You know, I've I've been in the past and I haven't really fucked with it. But what I've been doing now is a little powdered peanut butter, banana, almond milk, throw a date in there. It's pretty good. It's not ice cream, but it's, I Wait, know. you blend it all up? I blend you... it all up and yeah, then that I freeze it. Right. I and so, yeah. <laughs> and then I oh freeze it. But, it's, but then you got to put it in the microwave for like 30 seconds just to soften it up a little bit. And it's still right. kind of crunchy and icy. And it's not really like, I don't know. But Man, um, you, you eat like such a fucking hippie now. I know. It's so funny. I was watching your TikTok story on Instagram, and I'm like, this house, it's like black beans and lentils, and I'm like, your house is, must smell like patchouli and farts. Like, you're just like, mm, delicious black beans and carrots. No spice, guys. No spice. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? I put some curry in there. I'm a big fan of curry yeah, in yeah. most things now. It's like watching you cook was like, it was like, oh, yeah, you know, like my ex-girlfriend's dad would make. You know what I mean? Like, I'd go visit my ex-girlfriend's dad. She's like, oh, we got to go see my dad. He's going to cook dinner. And then it'd be like tofu with like nutritional yeast, which was delicious. But it was also like, this kind is some st- wild shit because yeah. I grew up with like crazy Mexicans who ate fucking, you know, beans and rice and chicken every meal. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah, so I'm just experimenting with different stuff and just seeing what what I can make and. Yeah, I don't know, dude. It's just, yeah, the black beans were pretty tasty. I got some, although they will, they will, they can be, um, they can be a little gaseous. I'll just say. I don't even tear my shit up. Yeah, my house ends up smelling like yours, like parts of patchouli, sandalwood. I love it, but it's not uh-huh. like I, I no. I'm not over here. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. I was going to say I'm not over here eating junk, but I had like two peeps. I had two peeps yesterday and some See, cookies and shit. Cake. We've been eating Megan's cake. But see, you you have been more, you have been more diligent and more. Count fucking, you count every single fucking thing, and I, I like I went I went lax in like November, you know. I went like in like mellow mode, and you went off the res, dude. I, went, you just, mm-hmm, I was gone, and so and so that and that showed. And how has it showed? I haven't lost all the weight that I thought I would lose by this time and i'm kind of like having to reassess and redo and lost a significant amount of weight though yeah significant amount of weight here's the question actually and now we're on this with the weight loss right okay you lost what 75 pounds about something like that maybe 80 something like that yeah uh, pounds so you still think of yourself as a fat guy like in your brain in my brain i do in my brain it shows up and like i'll look at myself in the mirror but right I'm not talking about like the body dysmorphia because I know at this point you've lost enough weight that if you look at yourself in the mirror without a shirt on, you're like, dang, I, I look pretty good. I would imagine, mm-hmm. I hope you would because I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dang, Jerry, you look great. Thumbs up. You're fucking whatever. Mm-hmm. Your life, your life, man. You look great. <laughs> so, but in my brain, I'm still a fat guy. And like, I would joke, I was joking my wife last night and I was like singing some stupid song and I was like, I'm just a big fat man. And she's mm-hmm. like, but you're not a fat man. And I, it's even after all the weight loss, my brain still is like, you're a goofy fat dude. What's up, buddy? And not in a negative way. It's just my perception of myself. And I was yeah. wondering if you were going through the same, a similar thing. Like I, uh, yes, yes. Cause I still have a little bit of a, I have got a bit of a belly. I've got, mm. you know, my pecs are, uh, 
they're carrying a little extra weight and I'm working, trying to do some different reps with the dumbbells to mm. kind of work on the pecs. But mm. you know, when my girlfriend looks at me and she's like, wow, like you look so good and all these things. And so right. I'm like, obviously something's changed, but I something, do feel that way. Something has absolutely changed. <laughs> yeah. Because you, you sent Megan a happy birthday message, which I think is just the generic message that you and Rashida recorded for everybody. <laughs> It wasn't, but yeah. Right, because you guys like never said her name, but I'm like, really? I think this is older. You look different in that. Is oh. that was that a recent thing you guys recorded? Yeah. Really? <laughs> you think I just got like a fucking catalog? Yeah, I really did. I thought it was just because I was like, that doesn't look like John. Like, it must be the angle oh. you're filming, but you look like you had gained, oh. not gained weight. You look like John from like two years ago. Like, this is awful. Now I'm fucking with your no, perception fine. of yourself. But then I was like, they must have like a generic one they send to everybody it's the same thing because it was so vague you're like there you are happy birthday you you know and so i was like you never said anybody's name once oh. since i was like i wonder if him and rashida recorded one and they just send it all to everybody and nobody asks we just edit out the name part happy birthday megan megan yeah exactly <laughs> but i think you had the phone lower so i was like yeah. that's an older one we probably just hair had looks, a different angle i was like I his hair know. looks different his chin looks different it looks different but huh now I'm just no. telling you, you look fat. You don't look fat, dog. No, I don't. I don't. Honestly, I, I'm starting to see. You know, you know when I feel the best. You know when I look at myself and I go, "Hey, you're looking good." Is after I've done something. After I've done the squats. Right. After I've Workouts, done the, yeah. the sit-ups. Mm-hmm. After I've even done like the yoga routine that I do before I fucking go running. Like after I do that shit, I go like, "Man, you look great." It's look when great. I'm. So it's in my brain. So it's when I lay around all day, which is very easy to do if i fuck around now you know if i don't eat right if i you know if i'm spending too much time looking at bad news and social media then i start to feel bad but when i go and do things my self-perception my self-image is infinitely better than when i don't so i'm a firm believer in that the action dictates the mood it has been proven to me in my own life over and over and over and over again. One of these days, I swear I'm going to get it mm-hmm. <laughs> and not go like, why am I in such a bad mood? You know, why do I feel so sorry for myself? Well, did you do anything, John? Right. You need to go fucking do something. You just sat around and marinated all day. Exactly. And it's, it's gross. So um, I think in conclusion, Although I think only about a third of this conversation was about nicotine. <laughs> I mean, how can we really talk about nicotine for an hour, though? I mean, no, we can but, talk about the path. It's just basically alcohol and nicotine. Do you know what I mean? They're boyfriends. They're do they just, have, right? They are boyfriends. They are boyfriends. <laughs> they live together. They got a nice cat. Maybe they don't, but they fucking go hand in hand. But yeah. when you get rid of alcohol, nicotine takes over and becomes the head. Head honcho. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah, so do I, you either kick it or don't. I mean... Do what's good for you. Do what makes works for you. Take your time. Makes sense. Seriously. Um, Take it and, easy. And if, I think if anybody is looking for any kind of resource, just Google Alan Carr. You don't even need to buy the book. There's tons of like YouTube videos, and it just he talks about the science of it and why why we smoke and why we get hooked on it. And I don't know, man. Um, it's just a uh, like I said, I mean, I know you said a lot of people, there are people who love it and people who enjoy it. And I was one mm-hmm. of them for a very long time. So I right. 100% understand that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until later that 
I became one of those people who said, I really wish I didn't have to smoke. And I think that right. was, I think that was kind of like that step zero in, in like alcohol, alcoholism, where they say this shit has got to stop. Right. Where I started to feel like I'm not a smoker and I don't want to be a smoker. Yeah. I wish I could stop. And so like, that was like the little seed that finally after years, you know, led me to, to quit. But I mean, do what you need to do to keep sober. I mean, that's the only thing we're here to promote is sobriety. Pretty much. Right? <laughs> There's not For really the most part. Point. Yeah, sobriety, I guess, and running at this point. Yeah, this is... <laughs> and uh, popcorn. Yeah, uh, and your weird date ice cream. That is just your whole cooking in general. Is this, you're just, uh, it's, you're just I, washing I know, dirt off of everything. You're like, oh, yeah. I brought home a nice rutabaga. I found a turnip on my run. That's what I'm saying. You're like, oh, I just snack on radishes. I'm like, fucking real? You're like, yeah. And from my mind, I picture you eating a giant turnip, like an apple. They're tiny. But they're, they're little tiny. guys, yeah. yeah. Next time you go. I, I like, radish. Really? Just buy, eat it like a little cherry? Straight up. Straight up. All right, I'll give it a try. It's pretty this, mild. It's listen, a when this spicy. quarantine ban is lifted, I'll walk over to Safeway. The Safeway's right there, dude. I can't even. I guess I could go over there. I just would freak out. I have anxiety about it a little bit, so mm-hmm. that's a whole other podcast. Maybe that'll be a oh is for oh shit. Or it could be for oh optimism. Optimism, <laughs> probably optimism. Yeah. Optimus Prime. Um. We could talk about the Transformers movies, the whole series. I've only seen one, but, you know, the you got day time. is young. Yeah, I got time, exactly. <laughs> the day is young. <laughs> Get hooked on some fucking, uh, who was it, Michael Bay? Michael Bay. There's and a we great... Got the, like, pre, we got pre and post Shia LaBeouf, so you never know, man. There's a great YouTube, and for anybody who's uh, interested in some other stuff to watch, listen to, um, there's a great YouTuber called Lindsay Ellis. And she does a lot of film theory. And mm-hmm. she did a whole series where she breaks down uh, all of the, the – she does a whole series on the Transformer movies. And it's fascinating. Really? Like, it's fucking cool. And it's called, like, The Whole Cake because she's talked – she makes some reference to the um, – who's the guy who's the lead on that TV show Blackish? His name is Anthony – Edwards? Hopkins? It... No. Anthony those Edwards? are all wrong. No, I it's said... not. Anderson or some shit. Anyway, yeah. He was he was Pookie, um, or he was in yeah. uh, Harold and Kumar, and he's the one who's working at the fucking White Castle. He says, "I'm gonna burn this motherfucker to the burn ground." Burn this motherfucker to the ground. Yeah. So, but uh, she, it's called like the whole cake or something like Anderson, that. Anderson, Anthony Anderson. Anthony Anderson. So Lindsay Ellis on YouTube, go check her out. Her stuff. I've watched almost all of her stuff. It's really fascinating film. Um, critique, and she does this whole series about the Transformers, which you're like, really, dude? But it's great. So check it out. And um, smoke them if you got them. Smoke, smoke them if you need them. If you got them. Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at a is for alcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs>